of the Creatives Unwind podcast. Uh, we're glad to have you guys listening in today. Today is going to be a really interesting and awesome episode. I'm sitting here with Manny Lopez, um, owner of Bear Cub Leather Goods. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about the business and just insight of uh, what it is to run a business when it comes into leather goods mm-hmm. and uh, you know all the good stuff that goes with it. So to start off, bro, how are you doing today, man? Man, it's, well, I guess to put in perspective, we're in the middle of uh, the COVID-19 stuff going on. So um, as good as we can be, obviously just uh, self-isolating, but can't complain. It kind of kind of comes with the territory of having a small business um, this, to expect the unexpected. So we're here ready to roll with the punches, man. Yeah, man. I mean, that's something that we can't even ignore right now. No, Every- certainly not. It's it, You can't ignore it. It's part of life. Um, and it's going to be um, an opportunity to learn, to figure out things. And, you know, one of the great things is going to be pushing forward what online businesses we're really going to have to flex that online muscle and um figure out a way be innovative in ways that we've never thought we'd had to be before yeah Uh, so that's what we're doing right now yeah man i mean the thing is everybody's being affected yeah it's not a certain group of people or businesses just the entire world i mean sports got shut down yeah there's no sports (laughs) you know we're out here looking at highlights on youtube we're yeah creating sports to to keep ourselves entertained i saw youtube they they uh i think the nba channel like posted like a live or like a a full game Mm -hmm. to just watch over the live stream of the of the live stream so yeah man it's interesting times right now um and it's just it's crazy to just you know think about the effect that's having on everybody yeah of course i mean i think that's something uh i think crazy enough it's almost like we're documenting our uh, our little diary of what it is to, as a bit as a small business to survive during this moment and then we'll look back at it years from now and be like man we went through coronavirus covid19 we survived and we're still here yeah um we're just gonna take this as a as a training ground for what's gonna possibly hopefully never happen again but exactly. we never know yeah man we gotta we gotta you know go through this one and see how we come out at the end for so, sure uh, for sure yeah man but yeah we just finished the recording of a of a video we yeah. made a, a yeah. tote bag that was pretty cool to yeah, capture man. we're just uh we're jumping on the podcast right after making a, a tote bag here at home in my uh home workshop studio uh so it's been fun it's exciting the day got started a little early we had some coffee yeah, yeah. um not not wine today just coffee to get the day started um so here we are recording the podcast i'm excited about it man yeah man uh i'm excited to put that video together for you that's gonna be good Um, yeah certainly i mean this is the second video you shoot for us uh the first one was flawless like had me on the verge of tears just because you know i felt you brought our story together perfectly along with you know the music choice the vibe everything just meshed well together and just it was perfect so i'm I'm already looking forward to the second video. For sure, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate that feedback. Yeah, man. That's that's kind of the goal that I have, you know, with working with uh, different businesses, just kind of capturing uh, their vision and what their business represents. So that's kind of, uh, you know, a good a good feeling within that, uh, you know, I was able to help out with that first video. And that was what, about a year ago when we did that? Yeah, it's been it's been a year, a full year since you shot the making of our Monday Minimal, our best selling wallet. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. been a full year since we did that. Um, so we had to make it happen again, obviously. Yeah, dude, for sure, man. <laughs> uh, when we scheduled this about, I think, a month or two ago, we weren't expecting it to do it under these circumstances. But, yeah. you know, it's a time filler now. It's funny. I tell people, I was like, we've put off a lot of things, um, and we're starting to do a lot of uh, additional things that we have around the house or things that small businesses we weren't 
we had on our to-do list and we're finally starting to tick them off. You know, I reorganized our, our workshop studio space up here to be better for our workflow. And then, uh, you know, obviously being quarantined at home, yeah. I actually did uh, worked on our, our garden in the backyard a couple of days ago. So here we are. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, we got to stay busy somehow, right? So, yeah, man. So let's go ahead and get started with talking a little bit about your business, man. I mean, you've been doing this for, for how many years now? So um, I like marking it from our very first sale in 2016. It was a bit more of a hobby before then. But our first legitimate sale to one of our really good friends that I used to work with um, was in 2016. That was our first legit sale that I sold a wallet to somebody. Gotcha. Um, that's when I marked it. So it's been four years now at this point. Uh, I've been full time with the business for a year and a half now. Gotcha. So October 2018 is when I went full time with the business. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 2018, a year and a half since uh, that's happening. I mean, I assume it's been a lot of new challenges, new experiences that you've faced with uh, owning a business and uh, with, with getting started with your business when you started, what, you know, what was kind of what got you into even having, uh, you know, interested into leather making? So it all started whenever I was restoring the old uh, Honda motorcycle, CB350, it was a 73 motorcycle. Um, got into restoring that with my dad, uh, got kind of just a little hobby. I've been a serial hobbyist forever. You can ask my wife. She said, yeah, I used to pick up hobbies left and right, just trying to learn things. Because you know, I just enjoyed being crafty, um, working with my hands, whether it's like, you know, learning how to do stencils and working with graffiti and painting to having a motorcycle to start as a hobby. Um, there's been a lot of different things that I've personally just jumped at and tried and working with and just enjoy it. Uh, but after I finished restoring the motorcycle, I started using it as my daily commute bike because um, I didn't have to work too far. I had a couple of jobs that were nearby if I had to go anywhere. So I used it as my daily commute bike, and I needed a way to kind of carry some bags on the side of it. But no one's making anything for really old motorcycles like that. And there was one company that did, but they were charging like 300 bucks for like basically a set of belts to hold on to your, your the bike. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I basically knocked them off for my <laughs> personal. I was like, I can do this. I believe in myself. I got the pictures, pulled it together. Um, and assembled it myself. I still spent like 200 bucks, but at this point I had a lot of leftover leather, a lot of leftover tools. And my wife was all like, well, if that's the case, why don't you make me a wallet, uh, make me a bag? And it just started becoming a new hobby that was kind of taking off all these things that I really enjoy personally. Like I enjoy drawing. So just being able to sketch something out to scale, that's like awesome for me because I'm very you know, hands-on and OCD, like I like exact lines, right angles. It's satisfying to me to do something like that. To take it from a concept to actually physically making it was something that leather work allowed me to do. So I take something, you know, I had a wallet. I was like, I don't want to use a bifold anymore. Let me figure out a wallet that works for me, that I love aesthetically, looks great to me. Um, and that's kind of how it all started. It started with the Monday Minimal wallet, and it just became a big hit for me. I personally loved it. Now we're on the pretty much the final version of it. There's been three versions of it from when I started to where I'm at now. So seeing where it is at now is like crazy how over four years developing a product and constantly changing it over time, it's where it is at now. Um, but that's basically how I got started, just restoring an old motorcycle. Man. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, whenever we made the video a year ago with the wallet, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I have the wallet, right? I yeah, mean, you it, still it, have the wallet. It was, on uh, it. it was awesome. And I haven't changed since, man. It's it's something that's so 
minimalistic but at the same time it has so much work and craft that goes into it right and uh you know it's it's amazing and the different products that you have man it's it's an art to you know what you're doing you know it's yes, it's sir. uh it takes a lot of craftsmanship and you know just making the design and of, of course making it to, when it's a consumer product that you're using every day mm -hmm. you have to make sure that it's also yeah it holds you know, up, it holds up mm -hmm, you know the time sure. the test of time so uh starting off of course you know when you started in 2016 how did you you know start working in your craft and learning everything that you need to know about it Man, so whenever I started in 2016 was kind of like there were some people who I call like old heads or OGs of leather work, right? And so, the, I mean, Instagram was just taking off at that time. Like it was really just on the up and up going, going hard. And so you could follow these people, watch what they did, see their pictures. Sometimes they'd post behind the scenes stuff. Um, some people were easy to reach out to and touch base with and, you know, shoot them a message like, hey, you know, how did you do this? What do you recommend? Um you know, personally, I'll shout out uh, Odin Leather. He he definitely um, took some time to answer a bunch of my questions. Um, and the community was, was a lot smaller at that time. So, you know, you could definitely reach out, uh, touch base with some people and just like see what they were what they had in mind. Um, YouTube didn't have a lot of leather videos. So it's kind of just figuring it out on your own, asking questions to those who you could reach out to within the leather community. Um, and just seeing how that is and funny story i mean i remember there's one time i was i saw someone make something on on instagram right and i personally reached out and i said hey you know i really like what you're doing here i'm gonna make it just for myself like um because i really like the aesthetic of it i want to try it out it just seems cool like i was just learning i i wasn't gonna make it mass produce it i wasn't gonna redo it for everybody i literally probably made one bag and that's just for our personal use that we have and, uh, you know, they came back with like a little bit of a rant and they're like, oh, how dare you take my design? And like, they really just went in on me. And I'm like, yo, I just want to make this for fun. Like, I think it's cool. You're making something amazing. I'm not trying to copy you and make it for benefit of myself. Like, I've never even I don't think I've even posted a picture of that bag that I made. Um, but fast forward to like where we are four or five years now. The community has grown a lot. There's a tons of YouTube videos. There's tons of how-to videos. Um, and that, that particular person actually releases how-to videos of how they do things right now. And they actually show a lot more behind-the-scenes stuff of what they do. But before, the community was kind of a little tight-lipped. They were, got a couple good people who were willing to talk about it. Um, but the community has grown a lot. And so I learned personally just from a couple YouTube videos, asking other leather workers how they did things. Um, figuring out where they source their leather from where they get their tools from whenever i started i mean i had like a little i started with like a little plastic mallet basically they used to have to beat leather into submission in order yeah. for me to make <laughs> holes because it was just so tight it was like it's like a little toys for my little kid like just so he can hammer stuff basically that's basically what it's become now yeah. whenever he works with me in the studio my little bear cub the oldest one levi that's the tool he uses it's a little light mallet uh so it's it's been it's been crazy seeing how I've had to learn it and just basically develop skills over these four years. Well, actually, even more. It's probably been six years that I've actually been doing leather work in general. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, with uh, what you said, I think this applies to a lot of businesses or, or people that are uh, creatives is uh, learning the craft. Uh, you know, with YouTube, everything now is online that mm -hmm. we're able to just learn and just practice. Uh, and I can, you know, say that for myself as well as just 
with with my craft of photography and being a creative uh, vi with visual creation it's it's a uh, you know you have to learn how to do it because you know you're obviously not able to do it at first mm -hmm. as you know at the level you want to be at but as time goes by and you practice more yeah. uh it's definitely something that uh gets better over time yeah and i'm sure you develop your own aesthetic over time i think a lot of us creatives initially when we begin we're mimicking a lot of things like what we see what we really enjoy we try to capture it in our own fashion in our own way um, i think that happens for lots of creatives and then as the years kind of roll by the time goes by you definitely begin to develop your own aesthetic, your own style that is distinctly you, that sets you apart from others. Um, like I said, I mean, you shot our video about a year ago. Before then, we had um, a couple different people who had done some videos for us. Um, they did great work, but I just feel like uh, your aesthetic and your style captured perfectly what we wanted for our business. Um, and it's something that um, obviously every, every person has their take on what they want to do and what they want to capture. They have their own eye. Um, but it's also awesome when two creatives come together and make something, um, <laughs> I don't even want to say word magical because it sounds funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. You make something that's perfectly uh, you for the person exactly. you're working for. Yeah, yeah, man. I appreciate that a lot. It means a lot to be able to, you know, work together and be able to be, uh, you know, a good fit in that sense, like you said, to make sure that uh, we make, you know, what we both kind of can put together and just make it look like the way you want to represent yeah, your business. Sure. So that's awesome, man. And going a little bit back to, you know, how you mentioned uh, your oldest one, Levi, mm -hmm. you know, your little bear cub. Yeah. I know you, the, the name of your company is Bear Cub Leather. Yeah. Uh, where, where did that idea yeah, come so from? That's not a story that we often share often. And I probably should do a better job about sharing that. Um, um, but it, I call it Bear Cub Leather Goods because um, whenever I started taking this business a little more seriously, um, which was in 2016 when he was born. Um, he just turned four now um, in March. That's when I, I started taking leather work more seriously and always felt that leather in general has a story that it tells. You can tell when it's worn, you can tell when it's used, but that doesn't take away from the quality of whatever was made. If it was made well, it's going to last a long time. It's going to tell tons of stories. It's, you know, it's going to have scratches, a little scuffs. It's going to get darker with time. But that just lets you know how long it's been used, how long it's been loved. Um, and so I always felt that leather work has a story to tell. And it's something that can be passed on when it's made well, when it's done correctly. Um, and I felt that I wanted to name my business after our Bear Cubs because it's something I want to pass down to them if they want it. If they don't, okay. It's not a problem. I'm not going to be offended by it. Um, but it's something that began as a labor of love because I remember distinctly when I would travel with my dad to you know, El Salvador, he had this one leather duffel bag that I, I remember so distinctly. And I always think it was so cool. I was like, man, this bag is made for travel. It's made of leather. You know, it's been to El Salvador. It's been to across the country whenever we visit family. You know, it's been to all these different places, and he's had that bag for years. He still has that same bag that he travels with, that same duffel bag. It does not fail to travel with him. And so, you know, it's one of those things that putting it all together, it became Bear Cub Leather Goods because I feel leather is something you can pass down to tell a story. You know, our tote bags are made to be able to take a beating. They look beautiful, they're minimal, they're classic, but it's not something that's going to be a throwaway bag in a year. It's not going to be something that, Oh, just because, you know, the aesthetics change or, you know, fashion changes that you can throw it away. No, because it's made in such a way that it's going to last you for years. 
so you can give it to somebody else you know i've had emails from moms where they're like yeah my daughter took my bag so i have to order another bag now and you know it's been a blessing to us obviously because the daughter saw it it's good enough she can use it for years and you know i see bags now four years later that i made and i'm like man this bag looks amazing like like i'll do double takes i'll be like wait is that my bag and i'll see it and i'll be like oh that is my bag and it's almost like a pat self pat on your back but it it, it just amazes you to see things that you've made out in the wild and uh seeing that so that's why it was called bear cub leather goods it was named just because leather tells a story and after our first son levi and you know he's our little bear cub and he's always everywhere because he just he was born with a head full of hair and he just came out looking like a little bear so we called him <laughs> called the bear cub leather goods that's awesome man that's that's an awesome insight there to share um and you did mention that you know he does have his little tools that he kind of practices yeah, with so you a lot of the tools that i started off with that are just very like lightweight or you know you know he he comes he's all like papi um i want to work so whenever I'm like cutting something on the main bench, he'll be like over here off to the side and he has like the little mallet, the little plastic mallet that I started off with. And I have like pre-cut pieces of leather that kind of have holes in it already, or he can beat it or he can like punch letters into it. And then he's like, oh yeah, I'm working with my dad. And you know, that's kind of the memories that we begin to develop because I've had pictures of him where I'm sewing something and he's in my lap as a six month old baby, you know? So he's seen it grow. And like, sometimes he'd be like, Papi, you're going to work. Like, if I'm going upstairs in our home studio, but like, Papa, you going to work? I was like, yeah, I'm going to work. He's like, all right, I'll be there later. And, you know, just kind of, so he's seen the growth of it as well. It's been as much a part of his life as it's been of mine. So that's something definitely that we're, you know, create memories together with just in that. Yeah, and that's really special, man. And like you said, with uh, with you and your father, you know, with having that memory of that mm -hmm. bag and like your little one, uh, you know, because you have two little ones. Yeah, so. we have a second one. He's uh six months at this point so we got two bear cubs now yeah yeah so as time goes by and you implement you know the craft uh in them and like you said if, if it's something that grows in them and they want to continue then it's definitely something that uh can kind of go on from generations to generations so mm -hmm. that's pretty awesome to see yeah for sure um that's cool man so yeah bear cub leather goods uh i'm not sure if i had mentioned it already but you guys can find them on instagram uh at bear cub leather bear cub leather mm -hmm. awesome and there's definitely a lot of amazing work there to see uh that you make and also on your website right yeah i mean on our instagram you'll you'll catch a feed of basically what we're working on daily what's going on a couple behind the scenes things that we'll post in our stories um but you can see everything that we've made shows that we're doing everything is across instagram website bearcubleather.com so you can contact us through there uh, but yeah, that's how, how we get a lot of our content out. That's really how, I mean, business started just basically through Instagram, really. Yeah, social media is a, a big help. Yeah, you know, social media was a huge help early on, especially when you know, how Instagram used to be very chronological so you could see everything that you're going on through then. Um, and it's definitely evolved and changed over the past four years that we've been in business. But um, truthfully, without Instagram, um, we wouldn't be able to keep in contact with people who've bought stuff with us before. Um, people who discover us just through there, um, seeing our videos, seeing our pictures. Um, so social media has been a tremendous help to keep our business, uh, to get our business to this point. And during these difficult times, it'll be the probably the main way to be able to engage people um, to try and stay afloat during these these wild yeah. moments. Yeah, I think everybody needs to rely on, like you said, social media um, content to kind of, uh, you know, keep up with everybody in that sense uh and then just you know once everything 
goes back to normal as normal as it can be yeah. then uh we'll be able to get back into our routines uh and one of yours was you know having pop-up shops of your yeah i mean your, we do a lot goods. of pop-up shops um throughout texas um we were in louisiana the last pop-up we did um so we usually would do uh like one pop-up in houston and then one pop-up out of town um that would be like a three-day pop-up somewhere and you know we mainly did outside of dallas san antonio austin um that's when most of our pop-ups would be and so with basically everything shut down i mean i had i had a show in louisiana i had another show in um the next shows were all in texas pretty much i had Mm -hmm. three shows scheduled all of them got canceled all the way basically through mid-may um at this point yeah so just having to adjust with that man we were out in louisiana we set up then basically the world came crashing down and so a three-day show turned into a one-day show uh, so we had to shut down came back to houston found some toilet paper on the way because <laughs> my wife's all like there's no toilet paper we got family coming over we oh, legitimately need toilet paper we're not <laughs> buying out of panic we need it i was like yeah. see if you can find any so on our way back you know just at a gas station scooped up nine rolls brought it home that's and, crazy and that's just like how crazy our life has gone yeah uh, kind of upside down and just like just shaking really yeah. I mean, at this point point. and that louisiana, louisiana trip was uh, a few weeks ago or when was that it was two weeks ago at this point yeah two weeks, two ago. weeks ago we left thursday morning um we left thursday morning got there set up around like two o'clock you know went back to our airbnb we we're watching the news um keeping tabs on anything and the governor louisiana was all like yeah business as usual don't worry about it don't freak out 12 hours later we wake up in the morning um and it's funny how it ended up happening so i mean the one of our customers there was walking around and she goes oh i'm so sorry you're only here for one day we as the vendors we didn't know i mean and i, I put no fault on the person who um who runs the event because they they were trying to keep us open for the three days so they didn't want to you know kind of say hey this is happening or freak us out for no reason so one of the <laughs> one of the customers i'm sorry you're here for only one day and i said excuse me <laughs> and she's all like oh my god i didn't mean to do that to you i was like no don't worry about it i mean i kind of just par for the course i just kind of roll with it i said okay i was like well if i'm here for one day buy something <laughs> yeah today's your only day to shop and they went on and they informed us later because the governor basically shut down anything any any of the events going on in louisiana mm-hmm. so i have uh you know i love those the the people who set up that event so i have no ill uh, anything towards them but it was just that's kind of how it all kind of just collapsed yeah um it's like the rodeo happened and i and I, I told my wife i was like it seems like as soon as the rodeo shut down everything amplified um like from there like everything in texas shut down then like cause they, we were out of louisiana and then all of louisiana shut down and I'm like so now we're just here at this point just trying to um flex flex our instagram and uh website muscle basically as much exactly. as exactly yeah yeah so you know of course as of recent, you know, with with the unfortunate events that everything's been getting mm-hmm. canceled around mm-hmm. the city, around the, you know the the country, uh, but before then, when you started, I mean, how how many shops, pop up shops, have you been have you had already in these past four years? Man, well, I didn't start doing pop ups till, um, so nineteen eight, probably the end of twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Okay. No. No. 2017 is when I started doing pop-ups. Okay. Um, it started kind of just on a whim. Um, my wife, Sophia, she's all like, you know what? Why don't you try selling your stuff? Like, go to do the pop-up. And I'm like, 
I'm like, do you really think people are going to want to buy these leather goods? She's like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, she's she's definitely, I'm a dreamer, but I'm I'm a big doubter at the same time. Like, I don't want, I like to take very calculated risks. So, you know, I'll, you know, edged close to the, to the cliff and I'll look over what's going on <laughs> over there. Can I really fly? What's going on? And she's like, no, just do it. And, you know, she's definitely very much a believer in my, you know, my rock, my cheerleader. I love my wife. And That's she, awesome. She's definitely been... Um, without her, this would not be possible. Hands down, I, I give her all the credit for making this uh, dream of mine a reality. Um, but yeah, so in 2017, we did a single pop-up um, with the Shop Local Market. Shout out to Faith. Um, and we did it through there. And it was just like a, something on the north side. It was the, at the end of a bike uh, trail, basically. A big bike marathon. And they ended there. And uh, I remember that day, we made like 500 bucks. Okay. We made 500 bucks on our first pop-up. I had like a bunch of totes, a bunch of wallets, and I posted the picture of my very first pop-up. It's very simple. Actually, the table we're using right now oh, wow. for our, uh, this podcast is the same table I used for the very first pop-up. So this is what I took out there. Nice. This is all I had. This is all I had. Um, and so I made 500 bucks that day, and I was like, you know what? This is awesome. <laughs> we can do this. Yeah. And so we met someone there. Um, I met a couple people actually there that I'm still very close friends with. Um, Mike from Planet Churro he makes some amazing churros. I love him. Every time I see him, I pick up a churro. So shout out to Mike. And I also met um, Gabriela, who runs Miradela. Um, beautiful, love, loving person. Just amazing in and out. Um, and she told us about basically the markets that she was doing. So we kind of just ended up jumping on the market uh, circuit. So we did HTX Boss Babes. Uh, shout out to them. She recommended us to do a show called Sawyer Flea which is run by Emily. Shout out to her. And then we did another one with Pop Shop America. And we just kind of, what started off as one pop-up in 2017 in like late October. What started off there, I ended up doing like seven by the time uh, Christmas was over. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, that's crazy to say. Yeah. I ended up doing seven shows. I'm like, well, let's try it out. Let's, you know, let's go for it. And, you know, it's kind of, flying by the, the seam of my pants and just saying you know let's let's dream let's make it happen let's see what goes on and um each show got better and better for what we we're doing obviously there's not a lot of people who are doing what we're doing here in houston um but that's how it started so i mean we did seven shows in that span of uh, what's that two months basically october november well more like november december I mean, yeah. that was almost in the span of two months we had seven shows that was almost the every weekend of the end of the yeah, year like every other weekend mind you i was doing commercial concrete on the side that's yeah. my main job so my main job was that so i would go um from working 40 50 hours maybe 60 um and at night i'd be grinding out like making stuff till like two o'clock in the morning going to bed um and then just basically doing going to bed at two three in the morning waking up at five thirty in the morning to go do my other job but you know there was a hustle that i that, yeah. I, that was kind of just born there uh just out of excitement of what was going on and just doing everything uh so that so i turned into like seven shows which was for a total of like 12 show days so it, it was like 12 days of actually being at a market somewhere doing stuff like that and then basically 2018 came and i was doing the market every other weekend so, I mean, if there's, what, 52 weeks, that puts me in these 25 markets in 2018. And then by the end of 2018, that's when I started going full-time in that October, like, because it rained solid for an entire week in October. 
And yeah. if you're in construction, if it rains, you're not working. And if you're not working, you're not getting paid. Um, and it was just miserable outside. And I, I remember work because we were already in this house where we were at and my studio was upstairs. And I just remember looking out, out the window and I see the rain happening every day and I see the mud happening. And I just knew what was waiting for me because I, I saw the, the, you know, the, the, the weather for the week. And it said it's going to rain a week solid. And um, I was like, well, I'm not going to work for a week. So I jumped on Instagram and I started, you know, selling bags and wallets and everything. And, you know, I was blessed that I made basically my wages for that week and more. And I was like, you know what? This is possible. And so I knew that basically Monday morning I was going to be in some mud. And I'm like, nah, I don't want it. I don't <laughs> want it. I don't, I don't want that no more. Um, and I was working for my cousin at the time. I, I called my cousin, I think probably on a Tuesday. And I said, hey, man. I'm going to go full-time with my business. And he knew that I did have this on the side. I said, look, basically, I'll give you my two weeks if that's what you want. No problem. I'll go for it. I'll put these last two weeks in with you for whatever you need. Um, and I'll, I'll go for it. And he's all like, no, man, I know this is what you really want to do. Just go for it, bro. Um, so shout-out to my cousin Martin. You know, lots of love for him, man, for basically you know, just saying, yeah, you know, go for it, bro. Because uh, I've seen him... him I've seen him grow his business and his dream, and it definitely was another inspiration of why I wanted to go out and go for my own as well. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I took off from there and you know, just jumped by faith, through prayer, through blessings, through lots of people being supportive, um, other small businesses and people being loyal to our brand. Um, we're here a year and a half later after doing all that, man. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome, man. That's, that's a lot of, uh, you know, like you said, just growth within these past couple of years and uh it's definitely awesome to see how you can start something from, you know, having that first pop-up shop with mm -hmm. this table, you know, and then yeah. now it's like you have a, a legit tent and like the tables yeah. with everything. Yeah. And it looks if, so if nice. If you ever come spot us at one of our pop-up shows, we're definitely much bigger than a simple table now. Um, I, I like comparing like our shows that we do into what we do now. And I'm like, man, it's like night and day. Yeah, for sure. And that's awesome to see, you know, like, like we mentioned the, the growth of that mm -hmm. and, uh, how much uh, thought goes into having that setup at, at your pop-up shops, like the yeah. of everything? For our pop-ups, I mean, I remember they used to be a lot more complicated, a lot more stuff. Like we can move our stuff, basically condenses down really well now to a point. At one point, when we had our um, Volkswagen Jetta, our entire pop-up fit inside of there, um, and people were like, "Man, your whole show fits in there." And I was like, "Yes, it does," um, and I make it fit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but a, a lot of thought goes into it. Um, I my old my older sister uh, Lara shout out to her she helps out a lot too. Um, she works retail. She's been working retail for the past twenty years. Oh wow! Um, and so we she's like definitely plugged in into what the aesthetics of things should look like and how it should be presented. Uh, so we and spacing of these shows. I mean, because typically a, a show for any pop up for anyone who's going to do pop ups, they're typically ten by ten spaces, so the size of a tent. So you want to be able to create a flow and also depth without making basically engaging a customer and having someone come in. So you want to have be able to catch someone's eye, bring them in, also have a diversity of product that when they walk in, they're going to want they you don't want to just look in, inside the tent one time and see everything. You want to draw them inside, so have a bunch of stuff, diverse products, different price points. So when they walk in, you know, they're actually going to shop it. They're going to look through it and be like, oh, wow. Like, what's this little item or what's this big item? 
Um, so having small things that people can curiously grab and look and feel and actually see the quality of it and the details of it is what we are constantly trying to um, achieve. So we have, you know, cool tables that we use. Like I um, redid window frames and converted into a table. So sometimes people come in and just stare at the table. They're like, oh, man, I love this table. And then by happenstance, they'll look at the leather goods, obviously. I want, that's what I want them to look at, but exactly. whatever. And then creating, you know, racks that basically almost kind of disappear. So our, our bags look kind of like they're floating. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing the bags nice. um, and engaging them through that. And also just um, everything that we use, we try to keep it um, minimal so that you see the product and it engages the customer. Mm-hmm. Um, and just having a diverse array of products. I mean, we have things from something super small, like a toothpick holder that people are always curious about, like what it is. They always think it's a chapstick holder to larger bags that are like for overnight stays at some place or if you're hiking it's built to take a beating but it looks amazing and you wouldn't even think that you can use it for that um but a lot of that goes into the how we space everything you know i literally when i when i was doing our first pop-ups um i would chalk outline 10 by 10 and i would see how our tables would fit and like if i'm on a corner how would i organize myself because I'll have two points of entry and how can I get someone in and out or making it a shopping experience. If I'm in between people, how can I grab someone's attention? Do I need lights? Do I need, you know, height? Do I need depth? You know, a lot of people don't think about it. I was like, but if the higher your product is to someone, yeah, the more engaging it is to them. So you want tables that are like three feet high. Yes. Because that way they're not having to bow and look at your yeah. product because yeah, that gets yeah. tiring. They don't want to look at it. They, they kind of want it in their face. Be comfortable. Um, be comfortable. And also having different heights of different stuff because if everything's flat, no one can really like see it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we, you know, buying displays to prop things up or little tea stands that, you know, I find at Target or something to just display um, key hooks and things of that matter. So yeah. a lot of thought has to go into it to figure out how to best display your product and put it in in someone's eyes the best way that's interesting man and it goes a lot in you know a lot of thought like you said of not just you know in your goods but also the representation of it the presentation to the clients that making sure that it's appealing and it draws them in it's funny you mentioned that that chalk drawing of the 10 by 10 space Mm -hmm. it reminds me of this movie i i seen uh it's called the founder. I'm not sure if you've seen yeah, it on yeah, Netflix, yeah. where he's drawing yeah, on the tennis court. Yeah, he's drawing out the the workflow for the for the for the for McDonald's. Yeah, yeah it's pretty Definitely. cool. That, yeah, that's basically. I went to our our, uh, our driveway, I sketched it out, and I, we just went from there. We're like, okay, well, how can these tables fit perfectly? And you know, that's I had cool. my sister out there, I had my wife out there, and we're like, well, what if you move it this way? What if you do this way? I mean, some of our original displays were like these humongous seven foot uh rolling uh walls that took about you know the base was about three by three which is a lot of wasted space honestly in a show that you're doing if you have a 10 by 10 space uh you you lose a lot of space like that so i actually those are like my original things that i they were awesome they're great for like if i'm having a multiple day show somewhere but if it's just a one day show where i have to set up in the morning and be gone by you know five o'clock six o'clock those things were a hassle so i'll I only pull those out for like big events where I need to space out a whole lot and need to create a whole bunch of room. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome. That's that's awesome to, to see. And yeah, I, I visited last time one of your shops in the Heights a mm-hmm. few months ago, and it's cool to see just how everything's laid out. And like you said, it catches attention when there's little things laying around mm-hmm. that they can kind of pick at, mm-hmm. but also looking at all the nice, uh, like the big tote bags mm-hmm. and all of that. It's pretty cool. 
That's awesome, man. And yeah, like, like you said, with uh, having those kind of events, you do create those connections with different vendors. And uh, from there, it just grows your network and, and just people that you, you're able to work with and, and whatnot. So that's definitely something important uh, that I think a lot of businesses can, can relate to. Yeah, I mean, as, as a small business, you begin to connect with other small businesses. And obviously, uh, one of the great things about that is that you begin to share this dream with other people. And, you know, sometimes I think when people start small businesses, some people are very doubtful of themselves. But when you see someone else chasing their dream down, wanting to make something successful for themselves, and you see some people succeeding at it, it brings it brings that thought to your mind like, yeah, I can make it happen too, you know. Not in the sense of like if they can do it, I can do it, but it just gives you like the sense of it's possible, it's feasible, like uh, I can make this come to fruition. Um, and having that contact with so many other people, obviously, when you have that right network of people who want to see you succeed too, they'll let you know. They'll be like, hey, man, like this is a great show over here. You should come over here. And, you know, or like they'll be like, um, I heard something's going down here. Maybe I should tri- try that out, figure it out. Um, <laughs> or in some cases, be like, hey, um, don't go over there. It's not that great. Uh, yeah. no, I'm not throwing shade at anybody, but just like that's that's just the truth of it. And be like, hey, I've tried it out. So you don't have to spend your eight hours and your money and your time and your energy there because I mean, I remember starting off. Um, I, I, I would have shows that weren't like I don't want to say they weren't lucrative. Like, yeah, I made some money, but for the worth of my time as a creative and as a small business owner, value your time. That's one thing that we often forget about because, you know, we don't, we don't, we tend to not measure it. And sometimes being somewhere for eight hours in a day, um, you can either be working more or you can be with your family. Um, working more on your brand, um, but sometimes being there and losing eight hours and, uh, you know, God forbid you're out there only making like a hundred bucks for those eight hours you're standing there, it's not worth it. Um, and so you kind of run into those issues where like, hey, man, I need to value my time. I need to say no to some things. I need to track down places that are good for our business that are going to work that um, are going to be beneficial to us. You know, I, one thing that my wife and I have always discussed is that like um, Sundays are for are for us. We're not going to work on a Sunday because we go to church. We're heavily involved in there. And, you know, we need that day for our family. So there's there's no work done on Sunday unless I mean. We typically end up during the holiday season where we got to grind that out and, you know, it's a sacrifice we have to make. But when it's not the holiday season and there's no reason for me to work on a Sunday, I will not be working on a Sunday. I will not be posting on Instagram typically. I won't be engaging other people um, on Sundays. I typically take that time for us. Um, But your time is super valuable as a small business owner and being um, mindful of that early on helps a lot. Um, a lot of people just don't value their time for their own personal, spiritual, physical, mental health. Um, you know, they just kind of grind it out. I mean, especially if you're young. I mean, you're starting off, you want to just grind and grind and grind and grind. But I'll tell you what, it'll take a toll on you. And especially as an entrepreneur, you become self-isolating way before Corona ever showed up. Yeah. You know, you were quarantined as a one person. Um, and it, it's taxing on you. It, it'll, it'll weigh in on you. Like my wife always just laughed at Whenever we'd have shows, I'd disappear and I'd talk to people because it's like a bird being let out of its cage every one, you know, once a week. Because <laughs> otherwise, the, all the walls that I see are my house, and you know, I, I'm, you know, that's all I end, end up at sometimes. Yeah. So when we'd have shows, I'd be out there talking and conversing with people. 
Um, but yeah, man, uh, it just takes time and that that moment to be considerate of it, man. For sure, yeah. And I feel like you said with uh, a lot of you know business uh, businesses kind of have their own space where they're by themselves most of the time. Like you know, like you working on your goods, like making making all the leather goods here at home in your studio by yourself. And other people, you know, with different businesses running it behind the laptop or, or editing or, or learning or whatever, but it's all on your own. So it's important to have that balance, like you mentioned, with uh, making sure that, you know, yes, of course, you're working on your business, but at the same time, having that balance of uh, making sure your values are there, you know, yeah. set set in a good stand. Because uh, if not, then like you said, it, it does take a toll mentally, emotionally, physically, even. And uh you know, you have to make sure that that's good before, because if not, you're going to see the effect on even your business as well. Yeah, I mean, because when you work from home, I mean, work is literally, you know, one step away at all times. And especially now, since we work so much off of our phones, I mean, I can invoice a person off of my phone within minutes if I need to. Someone message me and say, hey, I want to buy this. Sure, give me an email. I'll shoot you an invoice in less than five minutes. Um, and especially as a small business, you know, you try and always get that before someone wants to walk away from it, especially in retail. Um, but being able to create those distinct lines in your daily movements, sometimes even just taking a break for lunch, because sometimes I'll forget. And it'll be three o'clock and I got a headache and I tell my wife and I've been like, I was like, I got a headache. She's like, have you ate lunch? And I was like, you know what? All I had was coffee in the morning and you know, you just run. And she's like, you need to eat lunch. Um. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes just creating those distinct lines, those breaks, just to mentally take care of yourself and kind of just check out from your business a little bit. I mean, you're not going to I always tell people, I was like, listen, taking one hour for your day for yourself is not going to break your business. If it does break your business, you're not doing something right. Yeah. Like, you know, take a moment to just step away, go get out of your house, go for a walk, get coffee away from your house or something like that. Get lunch away from your house. Don't Uber eat everything. Don't DoorDash everything because then you won't stop. Yeah. You won't stop. You won't take a break. Um, and sometimes we need that mental break. Sometimes you'll be out there and you'll be inspired by something you see that will help you and be beneficial to you. Um, and it's just necessary. You know, it, it definitely is necessary um, because you can get, you know, I remember during the holiday season of 2018, man, I, I was taking every show that I could do. I was grinding things out. And I remember, like, I was literally making something on Christmas Day to deliver to someone out of state um, because that was their Christmas gift. And I was making it on my way out there. So I was working wow. on Christmas Day while I was driving to where I was going. Uh, well, I was not driving. Them. <laughs> I was like, how, does that, <laughs> my, how is that going to work? My wife was driving. <laughs> I was sewing something up in, the, in yeah. the passenger seat while we were alternating right on that drive. Um, but I was working. And I remember, like, after that, I was like, I can't do this every holiday season. Because I felt like so exhausted. Um, and literally from basically from December 26th to like, I think it was like when my, my, uh, my wife went back to work, like the first, first or second week of uh, January because she works at a school. I did nothing related to Bear Cup. If anything, I did sketches, like just to take care of my mind and, um, and be kind of engaged in that sense. But I did very little. And I was like, I, I, I can't break myself that way every year. And so I had to be very mindful of what I would do, where I would go, and just honestly adjusted the expectations of what I wanted for myself personally as a business and what my goals were. Um, I always tell people, I said, I'm not looking to get rich. I just want to be comfortable and content with the things that I have, you know, because, you know, riches, in my opinion, are more than financial. 
sometimes it's just time with your kids. Being blessed enough for me to be able to take my son to work. I mean, take my son to school. <laughs> Always thinking about work. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a blessing to be able to take my son to school whenever he has school. To see, you know, walk him into his class. See him there. It's a blessing to be able to pick him up. You know, I think about all the sacrifices my father and my mom made of working constantly and having someone to be able to, you know, they paid someone to pick me up, take me home, take me to school, whatever they had to do. But being able to be in a financial place where Bear Cub is succeeding, but it allows me the flexibility to leave. And, you know, if I want to go to field trip with my son, I can do that. If I want to go to my son's school for lunch, I can do that. That has so much more worth, in my opinion, than just financial, you know, commas in the bank account. You know, obviously I want this to be profitable. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm not out here trying to be a millionaire on, in all honesty. Yeah. I'm not trying to be a millionaire. I just want to be content with my business and the success that it allows me the flexibility to do things at church that I need to do, to be involved in my children's life, to have moments with my wife. That is so much, that has so much more worth than, you know, all these things because time, time has so much worth that we don't place into it a lot of times. Yeah, that, that's very true. Because uh, it's something we don't really see, like you said. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just it just rolls on by, and it's like we're just going with with our day. And it's like you know, if, if you don't evaluate that and see how much time you're putting into something, um, and if you're flying on other things, then that's something to definitely reconsider and, yeah. and set straight. Um, but yeah, and like you mentioned, with uh, making sure that uh, you know we put those things that are important in our lives. Uh, you know, first and, you know, finding that happiness, like you said, it's not, it's not all financial. It, it has to also be able to uh, just be happy within ourselves, with our family and making sure that that's, you know, set straight as well. And uh, talking a little bit about family, you did mention that, you know, your wife, Sophia, she's been a, a great support to you, you know, in these past couple of years with uh, the family and of course the business. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, yeah, how, how I mean, um, it's funny because you mentioned when we were talking on Instagram, you're like, yeah, if your wife wants to say something, and I, I go, I say, hey, babe, you want to talk? She's like, no, I don't want to talk on the podcast. And I was like, all right, that's fine. I'll, I'll yeah. do that. Yeah, my wife enjoys the background stuff a lot, and she's great at it. Um, that's one of the things that I've, it's been a blessing. You know, I've seen some people who do, um, who do businesses, like small businesses like this, and one one part of the you know couple is just like not engaged at all like they're there to help set up and they'll take off they'll burn off and you know my wife is there out there grinding with me helping in anything that she can um and she's been the absolute best in all this you know she's the first one to believe in me to make it happen um you know she's the first one to say yeah you can do this she's the first one to say hey you need to do better she's the first one to say hey you need to cut back and all these things and it's it's absolutely necessary for me like I can't explain that enough. She's amazing, to put it to the least. Like, just putting in perspective of where we're at now um, during this whole COVID-19 thing. Yeah. Like, in the mornings, my son, obviously, all the schools are closed to God knows when. You know, we redid a chalkboard, magnetic board. She has homeschooling for my son. She's handling it from 8.30 to, like, 11 o'clock and taking care of him. And at the same time, as soon as she's done with that, she helps with uploading and maintaining the back end of our websites, filing for taxes and all that stuff. Um, so without her, like, I don't even, this business would not be possibly illegal. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> just because I probably wouldn't be paying taxes if it weren't for her. It'd be just so overwhelming in all honesty, man. Um, 
and definitely my family has been a blessing in, in as well my mom you know you know she's been retired for a while now so sometimes she'll come over she'll help me sew wallets or bags uh, my sister you know she is always you know giving me consultation of the retail side she's been a blessing as well i have my brother-in-laws sometime they'll come over they'll help me make stuff um, whenever they have a chance so it's been it's been definitely like a, a family effort to make this a success as much as it is and i i wouldn't have it without any of them not in all honesty now, people constantly see me on instagram they'll see me at shows but without them, it would be impossible. You know, we'll have grandparents come over. They'll pick up the babies, and they'll, you know, they'll take them for the weekends that we're doing shows where both of us are out. You know, they'll be either with my parents or her parents, or with our their aunts and uncles, and they'll, and that's a blessing in itself as well, um, because there's so many aspects that go into small business that can cause um, that can take away from your family. For sure. Um, and it's been a blessing to have that support here in Houston. Because all of our family lives here and they're always out there with their cousins and they enjoy it and they love it. Um, so definitely without them, without my wife, it, it, it'd be impossible. Yeah. And then, you know, with, with running your business with your wife and, and having that uh, two-person team and, of course, more with other family members helping out um, here and then, what, uh, what, what suggestions or what, uh, you know, tips could you give to anybody that's possibly in that business uh, kind of structure of having a wife and, and husband team and you know what have you learned out of these past couple of years that's kind of helped your business and your family of course definitely um be willing to acknowledge where you might be weak and the other person is better um you don't have to do everything by yourself i think um, as a small business um, especially early on we'll take everything on because it's necessary but as you grow or as you develop um Sometimes you have to just push out responsibilities that you know you can't do well. Um, sometimes if you're financially in the place, pay someone else to do it. Um, Instagram alone is a full-time job. Taxes and everything is a full-time job. For, uh, taking pictures of your own products is a full-time job. Shooting videos, which is, I'm terrible at. I'd love, wish I could do it. But guess what? That's why I have Sergio <laughs> uh, to, to knock out these videos for me, man, because they're, they're great. They'll be much better than whatever I'll try and do and shoot on my iPhone, you know. Um, but being to that place where you can know to lean on a person in certain aspects. My wife is uh, a neat freak when it comes to taxes and making sure everything is in its place. Um, so that when taxes come around, we're set. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to, you know, say if we have to pay out of our pocket because we made too much money, guess what? We have the bank account set up. Um, it's set aside, it's set apart, and she handles all that. You know, she does the quarterly filings. Um, she's the one who puts everything together when we have to do our year, you know, end basically together. She's the one who manages our websites, uh, knows how to take care of all that aspects. And just acknowledge and be willing to let go of some things that you're not great at especially if you're working as a couple um and if you see the other person really doesn't want to work on certain things aspects don't hold it against them you know because some things they're they're just not proficient at they're not willing to do it but there's going to be other aspects that they're going to be amazing at and they're you know that's the reason why my wife is not in pictures that's the reason she's not here talking into a microphone because you know that's, those aren't parts of things that she enjoys that she you know finds pleasure in yeah. Um, you know, if you catch her one-on-one -on -one without a mic, you know, she'll talk to you for hours. Don't get me wrong. But th this is too much pressure for her, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's not for everybody, for yeah, sure. Yes, it's not for everybody. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely say that. Um, you also, 
I will say when you have a small business, the victories are so much sweeter when they're together. Because yeah. you look at each other and you're like, hey, we, we did it. Like, and that's why I said whenever you shot that first video for us and we got it and like I watched, we both watched it together at the same time. And like, she had tears in her eyes. I was like on the verge of crying. I was like, man, this thing is beautiful. I love it so much. <laughs> like, it's just like a culminate. You felt like the story came together. And, and you know, we, we reflected back to when we did our first pop-up with this table. And you're like, man, it's crazy how far we've come in that time um, in every aspect of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're a team. But also sometimes remember to split that time apart on when business is business and personal is personal. Um, it's easy, especially if you work as a team, like you're out on dinner and then you'll have something pop into your brain and you'll be like, hey, why don't we do this about the show? No, 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 no. Take that time to say, you know what? We're here, you know, let's enjoy our spaghetti or steak or yeah, whatever yeah. you're having and just have that moment to talk about everything else that's going on. Because apart from, this is my full-time thing. My wife has a full-time job apart from also, you know, taking care of our kids and me helping in as much as I can in that. So, there's things that go on during her eight hours at work that need to be talked about that aren't about me, mm-hmm. that aren't about Bear Cub, that I need to say, hey, how are you doing at work? Take the time to ask those questions that are separate from your own small business um, just to help because if you lose that communication, if everything's always business, 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 you don't know when to turn it off. I mean, it'll cause issues. It'll cause problems because... That's what you're going to feel like. You're consumed into something, and it's taking away from your marriage. Um, It's taking away from your kids, and that's why I say your time is valuable. If you're not being conscious uh, about that, it causes issues and problems in other places. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very important. Thank you for sharing that, Manny. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like especially right now with the times, it's just we're going to have more time in our hands to – work on on ourselves you know self-development yeah. uh you know read that book we've been wanting to read yeah. or, or work out at home if we yeah. can't go to the gym they, uh, what they call those, those honey to-do lists like honey can you please uh work on the garden honey can you please <laughs> fold the clothes exactly been in buckets <laughs> yeah know? you know definitely this this time like you kind of hit pause on everything like you're not going out anywhere you have no excuse yeah you know, uh, one of my friends went to home depot and he's all like yeah the lady said the home depot's been curiously busy like, it seems like all the husbands are doing the work <laughs> finally, that they've right? been putting off for a long time. <laughs> yeah, man. So, it's finally, I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's definitely necessary. I definitely think this, this whole issue is hitting a reset on a lot of things and putting people to reevaluate and um, change kind of their lifestyles a bit. Yeah. Um, people are going to be in close quarters with their kids for a long time. So, they might learn a little bit more about their kids and see the value in that compared to when, you know, Especially in Houston, we're always in a rush. There's always something to do, oh, yeah. somewhere to go, some event happening, and we're always there, you know. This time, you know, we're together. Play a board game, play Uno, talk to your kids, you know. You're going to figure out a lot more things going on. And I, I think it's going to be beneficial for those families getting together and also for small businesses to really take time and evaluate and, you know, readjust themselves uh, for those things that are going to be beneficial for them. For sure, for sure, man. Yeah, it's it's uh it's crazy out here right now. And by the way, guys, if you guys hear any airplanes flying by, we are near yeah. nearby an airport. We're, we're a hobby airport, so <laughs> when the plane flies over, the house shakes a little bit. Yeah, yeah, man. That's <laughs> that's how it is today. But uh, but yeah. So winding it back to talking a little bit more about your your business, your your products, and and what you do. Um, 
you know with with what you what you have available for people to purchase for uh, for your clients is you know pretty much personal goods like wallets bags uh, little accessories as well um how do you go about designing like all of that work or or do you have like a blueprint you follow or how does that work you know so a lot of these things come out of just necessity and then just trial and error um, our first tote bag, which is a Sophia tote, was actually designed dimensions according to what my wife would use and what she would need to use as basically as a as a diaper bag and uh, for a work bag that can be used interchangeably. It's, you know, if she needs to carry the diapers and the formula and everything inside there, she can do it. If she needs to take all that out and use it for work, it's capable of doing it as well. So, you know, a lot of the designs come out of necessity. So that's how the Sophia tote started. Um, and then the minimal wallet obviously started from my need for a small slim style wallet um, and other things were born out of like man this would be cool to make like this is something I would use daily I think someone else would enjoy it as well like our airpod case I almost me and my sister got airpods around the same time she lost hers because she left them in the airplane I almost washed mine you know in in the washer and I'm like you know I gotta gotta find a way to keep these things out of my pocket and you know somewhere and so I developed, I designed an AirPod case that would be perfect, you know, that's made, made uh, matched our aesthetics, uh, but was still useful. So, you know, a lot of things are designed that way, or even toothpicks. You know, I used to throw toothpicks into my wife's bag, and she used to get mad at me. So I'm like, well, let me make a toothpick holder. And so I, I made that little item, get the little giftable. Um, something is curious and it's funny, and some, a lot of people buy it because they're like, oh, I have an uncle who would use that. I have a, a grandfather who would use it or my boyfriend or something like that. Yeah. So a lot of these designs are just kind of uh, born out of need and what I felt like they would be useful for. What I think would be cool to integrate leather into different aspects of your life, like the little leather koozies that we make. You know, people are all like, oh, man, I never, I've never seen something like that. I, I like it. Or, you know, since I'm always sketching in notebooks, you know, make a notebook cover that can be slipped on and off to read different notebooks. Um, and we have we have just tons of different products. You know, some people like wallets that fold. Some people like just real slim stuff um, that has, you know, just a single pocket, stuff it and go about your business. Um, and a lot of these designs are just, you know, me sketching, trial and error, figuring out. And, you know, I like to put products in people's hands and just see them how they work out you know you know i try to work out as many kinks and what i think and i'll get feedback from people like hey man maybe you should make you know designers and be closed this way or i'll see like people's wallets over time and i'll be like hmm you know i see where it's not necessarily failing but aesthetically it can look better as it ages uh so i'll make change the corners on something which is originally what i did for the minimal wallet it used to have just right angles on the top and bottom but I didn't like how it would look over time when I saw it in someone's pocket. Gotcha. I would see it kind of like dog earring. I'm like, you know what? If I just curve the edges, it eliminates that entire issue. And it will still be, it, it was more aesthetically pleasing to me mm-hmm. um, right off the bat. And then just, I knew with age, it would work better. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's something that I noticed as well with the wallets. They do have that little round edge mm-hmm. and it just makes it, it looks awesome. I've never seen anything like that before on a different wallet, but uh yeah, and then with with uh, you know your your craft, of course, there's you know when we see you know the post or when we're actually at your pop up shops, we do see that uh, you know the final product, of course, and you know you, you make everything handmade here at home and your studio, uh, but you know I, I do see the rows of leather behind you. How does that? How does the back end of the business work with uh, you know having those connections and 
you know, ha- getting that inventory in for you to be able to work on. Yeah, so I mean, I'm constantly on the hunt of one of a kind leathers that are just different from what you typically see. You know, everyone obviously loves the color brown, and you know, there's just dark brown, light brown, medium brown, whatever they want to call it. But I like trying to find things that you won't find typically in other places. Blue leather, um, you know, some green leather, just leathers that are just different and unique. So sourcing all these different things is one of the definitely the biggest challenges because you know obviously you're looking for deals on leather because uh, a piece of leather can range from like five dollars a square foot to if you really get into the expensive stuff like maybe twelve dollars a square foot and that definitely increases the price on our end if I have to sell something that's worth twelve dollars a square foot um, and so I I try to look for leather that's affordable still great quality so I can pass that savings on to our customers um, because I, I always feel that, you know, quality leather goods should be something that anyone can have. Um, obviously, it's not going to be as cheap as like canvas or something like that. You're still going to pay uh, a mid premium, basically, for the leather good. But it's not something that you're going to be paying $500 for for a tote bag um, because I'm saving money on my end to, you know, pass it on to you so you can get something reasonably priced. Um and obviously, basically, since I'm direct to consumer, I don't have a, a shop and additional expenses that get built into it. My my prices are able to stay lower as well for as long as the foreseeable future I can do that. Um, so managing and sourcing, you know, leathers and hardwares that you look unique and all that, that's that takes a lot of work. It's a lot of uh, calling people because a lot of leather companies are still very old school. Like they don't have a lot of online stuff. Yeah. You have to call them say, hey, can I get some samples? Sure, we'll mail them out to you. You'll be there with at the weekends or, um, you know, oh, can I get, how does this product look? What does it feel like? What is, and you have to talk to someone, learn the terminologies of, of the leather goods and then, you know, make choices from there. And sometimes, sometimes you eat the cost because you're like, man, this is definitely not what I thought it was or expected. Um, yeah. And sometimes, you you know, you get great deals. I mean, it's, just, it's always, and but I've always enjoyed rotating the colors of our items just because it keeps the product fresh so even if you bought a tote bag from us i'll always have new colors mm-hmm. and people will see that and they'll come back and they'll buy another tote bag because they're like oh man that color looks awesome i've never seen that before and they're willing to buy it and you know i enjoy doing that and it also keeps it fresh for me because i've made hundreds of wallets hundreds of bags and keeping the leather different makes it fun for me on my end too yeah and i feel like with time as you said with uh seeing the feedback from from you know your your clients and 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 how they've uh used it and how's the leather the leather goods changed over time then that makes you also adjust or make any changes that you might need exactly exactly that's awesome man so yeah with with uh with you know the goods that you have already on your online store um any upcoming projects or any new things that you might want to look into or try so right i mean with the with the downtime that i have i'm definitely going to be taking time to make like make a lot of stock of items that we're kind of low on um and just build a lot of stock so whenever everything goes back to normal we're coming out you know guns blazing updating our website with all of our products everything that's in stock that's ready to ship um um, and i'll definitely have i have a couple designs of bags that i've been wanting to do um like some big everyday totes that are very like driven for if a you know if you're going to the beach somewhere it's going to look really cool standing up on its own and also designing different different wallet styles because i think that's always awesome to have uh different wallet things and just you know trying different things and also you know this year we're definitely pushing into almost uh carrying other 
other people as well, just because we're going to become a little more of a mercantile and things that I personally find cool that I think are awesome. Uh, I want to be able to offer that as well. So that's something that we have planned for this year of carrying other people's goods that I personally think I find cool um, and just, you know, moving them. For sure. Yeah, I feel like that's an important thing is helping each other out with other businesses that, Mm -hmm. you know, you actually enjoy. And, uh, you know, that can also, you know, fall into that uh, field of of what it represents your company as well. So I think that's uh, very important as well. That's, you know, something that we can always look forward to connecting with others and and seeing you know how we can help each other out as as business owners absolutely i mean the small business community there's so many people doing amazing things that it doesn't take away to invest in someone else's company i think that's something we should always be mindful of that you know the world we live in is definitely competitive and very cutthroat but taking time to invest in other small businesses and other um creatives um it it develops a lot It, it it makes more it makes it betters the community that you're in at the time um like we're always trying to do some type of collaborations there's one company actually here in houston uh called wear grits it's a company that i've followed for years i've bought tons of t-shirts from them um and just this past year we collaborated with them and had them design a bandana for us that kind of tells a story of what we are which is bear club leather goods um, and they drew something absolutely amazing on a bandana of, of you know, basically a, a dad bear holding onto his bear cubs around a fire. It's very Texas. It's very me. It's very us. And it's, you know, it's different um, from what we usually carry. But it's a, a collaborative effort that I think is awesome to be able to spread um, and do different things. You know, shout out to Wear Grits, uh, Toya and Levi out there, man. That's awesome. That's awesome, Manny. But yeah, like you said, with all the da- downtime that we have now, everybody in general, um i know things might be you know not as expected as we might have at the beginning of the year but any upcoming projects or or things that uh you're looking forward to this year um i was looking forward to yeah like launching our our mercantile stuff different things that go on there um and just honestly creating some new items that are just going to be um a little more everyday items that can be a little more tougher on it but they're going to be um they're going to be exciting to, to try and release out there gotcha gotcha that's awesome, man. And uh, a question I like to ask a lot of, uh, or I'll be starting to ask uh, my guests on the show uh, is, you know, with, of course, the circumstances right now, everybody's kind of just been all over the place. But for you, with, with having, um, you know, everything the way you want it to go, like, what would a perfect day for you look like? Like, as a business owner, as a family man? A uh, perfect day. Um a perfect day for me basically starts, you know, at like nine in the morning. I'll have a nice good cup of coffee. Um, I sit down. I just kind of mentally prepare myself for what's going to go on through the day. Uh, come upstairs. I knock out, you know, our online orders that we may have. Um, I really develop a nice workflow. I like to start with something kind of just that's going to be easy to knock out to get me in the in the mode. And then I always put some music on when there, especially some by myself in the house. I'll always have tiny desks just kind of blazing, um, going on in the house real loud, and like no one's here, so I can enjoy it. Um, be able to knock that out, and then in the afternoons, like I, I try to shut down, bring everything down by five o'clock, um, so that by the time my wife comes in, you know, I get to see my boys right there as soon as they walk through the door. Or I'll, my, you know, my parents live down the street from me. Sometimes I walk over there and I will just hang out with them uh, till my wife gets home. Um, and just chill with them for a little while, see what they've been doing. You got a little kid, he's always changing every single day. He's learning something new. Then you have Levi, who's, you know, 
he's into everything. Uh, he's like a little carbon copy of me um, at a young <laughs> age. And it's crazy because, I mean, there's some things that he does that, and he loves that I've never shown to him. I mean, he's just, he's picked it up on his own. So seeing that is always amazing. Uh, yeah, being able to do that, it just sometimes my perfect day, I tell my wife, I was like, sometimes the best thing to me is being able to sit on the couch with all of y'all and really not do nothing. Yeah. Um, and just see what they're doing and see, and just being in that moment because um, we never know what's going to go on. We never know what's going to happen. And, you know, especially when as a small business it doesn't pop ups all the time you know our busy time is the weekends that's our busiest time during the week is actually when i have more downtime um in the afternoons to be with my kids um so being able to slow down in the afternoons and just you know have a nice dinner have all of us sitting at the table uh talking about what's going on that's my son about how his school day was what did he learn uh like <laughs> it was funny uh, a couple weeks ago he came back singing a, singing a song about the planets and how he had learned them, um, and I and I, I I enjoyed hearing him. Like I kept asking him to sing it, just because it was funny to me, uh, and it was cute. But just being able to see him learn stuff, mm-hmm. um, so having that moment uh, to do that, and then at the end of the day, we typically, you know, put, if we can get them to bed by ten o'clock, sometimes that's a, a huge success for us. Yeah. And then uh, my wife and I, we like to catch up on whatever shows we've been missing after that. You know, we'll try and watch an episode of something yeah. um, before we go to bed and be able to talk and, you know, decompress. Um, because life life can be very fast. And, you know, like I said, small businesses keep ourselves, keep our lives very busy. For sure, for sure. Well, man, it's been it's been a, a great a great talk. I appreciate you sitting down with me today. I'm not sure if there's anything else you wanted to share before we finish the episode today. Man, uh, with the crazy things going on right now, support small businesses, man, as much as you can. If you can, you know, whatever you can buy, twenty dollars here goes. It lifts the spirits of people. Honestly, real talk. Somebody can buy something worth twenty dollars, and if I'm just out there walking around. My PayPal goes off and say, oh, $20. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. I got $20. Someone's <laughs> shopping my website. It, it means a lot to people. It lifts people's spirits. Like, genuinely, it really does. Support small businesses. Uh, support creatives however you can um, in this in this wild time that we're living in. Um, but that, that just means a lot to people. It really does. I mean, so wherever you can, it's, all, it's, it's great to do that. For sure, Manny. Yeah, and once again, if if you guys didn't hear already, you can find uh, most of Manny's work. Uh, he's on Instagram at uh, Bear Cub Leather, and also uh, on the website BearCubLeather.com, and you can definitely find um, you know what he's working on, um, you know, at the time. So, yeah, Manny, thank you once again for being on. And it's been fun. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. And once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been episode number two of the Creatives Unwind podcast with your host Sergio. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Yeah.